0: Hello, and welcome to the Money Girl Podcast, a show that gives you financial tips, advice, and inspiration to live rich and love the journey. I'm Laura Adams, a personal finance expert and award-winning author based in Silicon Valley. I work as a speaker, spokesperson, writer, and consumer advocate to advance financial literacy. You can learn a lot more about me at lauradadams.com. A lot of people ask me for recommendations. So when you're at the website, you'll see my tools page. I put over 40 of my favorite tools, products, and services on one page for you. They'll really help you earn more, save more, and accomplish much more with your money. So check it out. And you'll also find a list of all my books at lauradadams.com. Today's show is for you if you're looking for ways to save for retirement but you don't work for a company that offers a 401k. You might be self-employed as a freelancer, independent contractor, or run a small business. Or maybe you do have a day job with a 401k, but you also have a side hustle. You might be growing a side business for extra money and financial security, or with the idea that eventually you'll transition out of your day job and into being self-employed full-time. Even if working for yourself is just a distant dream right now, it's really important to understand that there are a variety of retirement options for you. I don't want you to think that the only way to have a retirement account is to be an employee at a big company. I received a question about this from a Money Girl reader named Shauna, who is really worried about her future. She says, I run a daycare from my home and only make enough to pay bills. I plan to continue my daycare for the next seven or eight years until my youngest child is halfway through college. At that time, I'll be in my late 40s. Will that be too late to start saving for retirement? And what's the best way to invest when you're self-employed? Shauna, thanks so much for your question. I'm going to cover some of the best retirement accounts to consider when you're self-employed. Using them could make the difference between having a comfortable, happy lifestyle in retirement, or just scraping by. If you're a regular Money Girl reader or podcast listener, you know that I love retirement accounts. I recommend them because they come with fantastic tax breaks that save huge amounts of money but they're all a little different, so they can be confusing. So I want to get you comfortable with the basics of some of the most popular types that are suitable for those who are self-employed or don't have a 401k at work. A common mistake that a lot of people make is thinking that a retirement account itself is an investment. That is not the case. Think about it like a special financial bucket where you hold investments or even cash that get special tax treatment. Once you contribute money to a retirement account, you might choose to invest it in vehicles like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or exchange-traded funds. Or you can even keep it in a money market fund or a CD within a retirement account. Back in show number 420 called Are You Making Investing Too Complicated? I give you the basics on how to be a successful investor. So be sure to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. And by the way, this is episode number 422, which means there is a huge back catalog of Money Girl podcasts that you can get for free at quickanddirtytips.com. Some of the most common retirement account rules that apply no matter the type of account include having to pay a 10% penalty if you take early withdrawals before reaching age 59 and a half and limits on the amount you can contribute each year. Depending on your work and financial situation, you may qualify for several different types of retirement accounts all at once. I have multiple accounts. The more accounts you contribute to, the bigger the nest egg you can accumulate for retirement. On the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com, I give you five different types of retirement accounts that you should be familiar with when you work for yourself. In the podcast, I'm only going to cover four of them, so we don't go too long. And if you're still interested, you can go to the site for that fifth type. But I'm going to tell you who each account type is best for, the main pro, con, and the maximum amount you can contribute each year. So the first account we're going to cover is a traditional IRA. An IRA is short for Individual Retirement Arrangement. That means it's a plan for individuals only. You can't own it with another person, not even a spouse. You manage every aspect of an IRA, such as opening the account, sending contributions, and deciding how to allocate your money. With any type of, quote, traditional retirement account, your contributions are tax deductible. For instance, if you earn $50,000 and contribute $5,000 to a traditional IRA, you're taxed on $45,000 of income only, not on $50,000. So you see there's a huge tax savings there. Plus, all the investment gains that you make within the traditional IRA are never taxed until you take a distribution in the future. On the other hand, if you invest through a taxable brokerage account, all of the gains that you make in an account are taxed every year. So who can use it? Well, anyone with earned income under the age of 70 and a half is eligible for a traditional IRA, and that includes the self-employed and even minors who have jobs. Even non-working spouses who file taxes jointly with a working spouse qualify for a spousal IRA. A big pro of a traditional IRA is that it allows you to save for retirement and to cut your taxes in the current year. The major con is that if you or a spouse also participate in a workplace retirement plan, like a 401k or 403b, some or all of your contributions to a traditional IRA may not be tax deductible. Another negative is that it has a pretty low annual contribution limit, compared to other retirement options for the self-employed. For 2015, you can contribute up to $5,500 or $6,500 if you're age 50 or older to an IRA as long as you have that much earned income. The second account we'll cover is a Roth IRA. Now, this is subject to all of the major rules that apply to a traditional IRA, except when it comes to taxes and withdrawals. Your contributions to a Roth IRA are taxed up front, but your withdrawals that you take during retirement are completely tax-free. And speaking of withdrawals, you don't have to take any money out of a Roth IRA as long as you live. With a traditional IRA, on the other hand, you're required to start drawing down the account after you reach age 70 and a half. Additionally, you can withdraw contributions that you make to a Roth IRA before retirement without triggering any tax or early withdrawal penalties. However, that does not apply to earnings in the account, which would be subject to tax and the 10% early withdrawal penalty if you're younger than age 59 and a half. Who can use it? Well, anyone with earned income, including the self-employed and non-working spouses may qualify for a Roth IRA. A big pro is that a Roth allows you to save for retirement and avoid paying tax on decades of earnings and growth in the account. You get the full tax benefit even if you or a spouse participate in a retirement plan at work. The major con with a Roth IRA is that there are contribution limits based on your income and your tax filing status. That means if you make over a certain amount of money, you may not qualify to contribute. However, in a recent podcast called Five Steps to Create a Backdoor Roth IRA, I explained how you may still be able to convert money into a Roth IRA, even if you do earn more than the limit. For 2015, the maximum contribution is the same as I mentioned for a traditional IRA. You can contribute up to 5,500 or 6,500 if you're age 50 or older. Now that limit is the total for all IRAs. For example, you could contribute $2,000 to a traditional IRA and $3,500 to a Roth IRA in the same year, but not $5,500 to both IRAs in the same year. Okay, moving on to account number three, which is a solo 401k. While you've probably heard of a 401k plan offered by big companies, you might not know that you can also have one when you work for yourself. They go by different names, such as a solo 401k, an individual 401k, or a one participant 401k. They're all the same thing. And you can have a traditional or a Roth solo 401k. As both the employer and the employee in your business, you can make Both kinds of contributions to a solo account. That's the beauty of it. That allows you to contribute more with a solo 401k than any other type of retirement account for the self-employed. Who can use it? Anyone who is self-employed with no employees other than a spouse. That's the major catch. You cannot have any employees other than a spouse to have a solo 401k. The pro is that since it offers high contribution limits, it's perfect when you've got high self-employment income. Unlike a Roth IRA that imposes income limits, you can contribute to a Roth solo 401k no matter how much you earn. Now, the con is that if your long-term business plan is to hire additional staff, you'll have to complete IRS paperwork to convert the solo 401k into a regular 401k. For 2015, on the employee side of a solo 401k, so as your own employee in your company, you can contribute as much as 100% of your salary up to $18,000 or up to 24,000 if you're age 50 or older. Now on the employer side, you can contribute up to 25% of your net earnings as long as your total contributions don't exceed $53,000 or 59,000 if you're age 50 or older. Now, I want you to be aware that if your business is a side hustle, so let's say you're doing freelance writing or weekend photography, and you also participate in a 401k at a second company, the total employee contribution that you can make to both plans is 18000 or 24000 if you're age 50 or older. So in other words, you can't have two 401ks. But you can also have a solo 401k in addition to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. However, depending on your income and tax filing status, some or all of your contributions to a traditional IRA may not be tax deductible. And the fourth and last account that we'll cover in the podcast is a SEP IRA. This is great if you've got a small business with employees or even if you don't have employees. It's one of the easiest and least expensive plans to administer. It stands for Simplified Employee Pension. And as I mentioned, it's an option for any size business or those who are self-employed with no employees. Money Girl is sponsored by Claridon. Go to claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. Okay, back to SEP IRAs. With these accounts, contributions can only come from an employer. Employees can never contribute their own money. So it's pretty unique in that regard. So as the business owner, you choose the amount to contribute each year. However, you must give all employees the same percentage. That's kind of the catch. For example, let's say you've got a small web design business with one employee named Jack. If you choose to have the company contribute 15% of your income to your own SEP IRA as the owner, you'd also have to contribute 15% of Jack's pay to his SEP IRA. But if you have a bad year with little profit, you can choose not to make any contributions. Employees are always vested in their SEP IRA, which means if Jack leaves your employment, he can take his retirement money with him. Just like with a traditional IRA, when you take money out of a SEP IRA before age 59 and a half, you're subject to income tax plus an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty. Who can use it? Well, anyone who is self-employed with or without employees, no matter if you're set up as a sole proprietor, partnership, or a corporation. The major advantage of a SEP IRA is the flexibility to make contributions in years when your cash flow is great and allows it. And to opt out when money is tight. The main downside to a SEP IRA is that you must contribute an equal percentage of income to all employees, and that includes yourself. Also, there is not a Roth option or a catch up provision that allows you to contribute more when you're over age 50. For 2015, you can make SEP IRA contributions for each of your employees, including yourself, up to 25% of each employee's compensation for a maximum amount of $53,000. You can also have a SEP IRA in addition to other retirement accounts, such as a traditional IRA or Roth IRA. You can even have a 401k or a 403b with another employer. So this is a great option if you have a day job with a 401k, but have a side hustle where you're making some good income. However, the total amount you can contribute to an employer plan plus your SEP IRA is limited to 100% of your compensation, up to $53,000. And as I mentioned, the fifth account type, which is a simple IRA, is on the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com. The retirement plans that I've covered in the show are the most common, but this is certainly not a complete list. To learn more, check out IRS Publication 590, called Individual Retirement Arrangements, and Publication 560, called Retirement Plans for Small Business to explore options for your business endeavors. And of course, I'll have links to these in the notes for the show. If you're like Shauna and are having trouble saving for retirement because your business is just getting started, or maybe it's got irregular income, it's still important to get in the habit of saving as early as possible. Open up one of the retirement accounts I've covered here and begin setting aside even a small amount on a regular basis. While it's never too late to begin investing for retirement, you'll thank yourself later on if you get a head start now. If you need help setting up a retirement plan or you're not sure how to use multiple retirement plans properly, be sure to contact a qualified tax accountant. Paying a professional to help you maximize tax benefits for your business and your retirement accounts will pay off. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You'll find me on Twitter under at Laura Adams. It's L-A-U-R-A-A-D-A-M-S. Send me your question or comment anytime. Also, if you like the show and you have not submitted a review yet, shame on you. It's time. That's the best way to give back to the show because it really helps new listeners find us and get the information they need to live a richer life. If you're not sure how to do that, I'm going to give you a quick instruction on how to leave an iTunes rating or review for a podcast from your iPhone or your iPad. What you do is first launch Apple's podcast app. That's the purple one. Tap the search tab and enter Money Girl in the search bar at the top. Then you'll see the album art for the show at the bottom. Just tap that. Then you'll tap the reviews tab. And then you'll see write a review. So tap that. And then enter your iTunes password to log in. Then you tap stars to leave a rating. I hope you'll give us a five. And then you enter title, text, and content to leave your review. And tap send. It's that simple. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.